Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. We're doing something we don't often do on St. Louis on the Air. Typically, this show is a rebroadcast of what you hear at noon. And yes, some of what you'll hear is what went out on air earlier today. But after our show ended this afternoon, St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner resigned from office. We talked about the turmoil embroiling Gardner and the Circuit Attorney's office at noon with STLPR politics correspondent Jason Rosenbaum, and he joins us again. And we should be clear that we're recording this interview after the resignation announcement. Jason, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Let's get right to the news. At 3.44, Kim Gardner announced on Twitter that she would resign effective June 1st. How did this afternoon unfold, Jason? I think a lot of us had been tipped off that this was coming. I mean, I certainly was. Um, It was just a matter of getting the confirmation that, like, some of the discussions that I think we had heard were happening were actually happening. Mm -hmm. And it turns out they were. Uh, My colleague Sarah Kellogg talked with Senate Minority Leader uh, John Rizzo, and Gardner called Rizzo earlier this week and broached the possibility of resigning in exchange for lawmakers dropping bills that would exert a lot of state control over the prosecutor's office or the circuit attorney's office for that matter and the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. Mm -hmm. And after talking more with uh, Republican leaders, it seemed like that was something that Republicans would do. And if you read her resignation letter, that is what she is saying is the reason she will leave June 1st. Mm -hmm. Now, in her letter, Gardner wrote, quote, the most powerful weapon I have to fight back against these outsiders stealing your voices and your rights is to step back. Now, what do you make of that reasoning, Jason? I, I, I think that it's a way out for her. I mean, the amount of turmoil and chaos that was engulfing her was so lengthy that we're, we were kind of losing track of like how many things were happening. people from her staff were resigning on almost daily basis. That was creating a constitutional crisis within the office about uh, defendants' abilities to get a fair trial. There was also the Quo Rento proceedings from Andrew Bailey, which seemed to get a lot more serious after it was revealed that she's taking nursing classes at SLU and may broach that threshold about uh, willfully neglecting her duties. I think that this reasoning is something that is separate from all of those things, which are clearly unfavorable to her. And it allows her to step aside while extracting what I would consider important policy victories. Like not having a state board oversee the St. Louis Police Department is is a big deal. And not having the state uh, exert a lot more power of the circuit attorney's office is a big deal. So I think that's probably, I can't read Kim Gardner's mind, but that clearly seems to be the calculation here. Mm -hmm. Let's come back to that in a second. I want to ask you about a statement that Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey released. And in it, 
it read, um, there is absolutely no reason for the circuit attorney to remain in office until June 1st. We remain undeterred with our legal quest to forcibly remove her from office. Every day she remains in office puts the city of St. Louis in more danger. Jason, what do you make of that? Uh, it means that the quo rento proceeding, which is a, is a Latin word for basically Bailey trying to kick her out of office through a judicial proceeding, is not going to just go away immediately. Now, that trial was not slated to begin until September. So I think it stands to reason if she's not in office anymore, there's really not any standing to remove somebody who's already been removed. Um, I, I do think it, I, I mean, Bailey does bring up an interesting question, like why June 1st? Like, we, we don't know that because we just got the statement from Gardner and she's not availed herself to reporters to answer these questions. Maybe that'll happen in the future. Um, but I, I, I think that the the Bailey proceeding against Gardner and trying to kick her out of office is probably going to fade as soon as she leaves. Mm-hmm. Now, this might be a little bit of a record scratch going back, but let's take a step back and sort of talk about how all of this has happened. Now, we as journalists, we're very tuned into what's happening, but not everyone is. So for those who haven't been following developments in the circuit attorney's office very closely, Talk to us about the circumstances that led up to Gardner's resignation. You could make an argument that this has been building for years. She has had problems maintaining staff and retaining staff and hiring staff probably since early in her tenure as circuit attorney. And she also ran into a huge legal iceberg in 2018 with her botched attempted prosecution of then-Governor Eric Greitens. Um, which sounds harsh, but I mean, the case was literally dismissed because um, she was going to be forced to be, be testify as a witness after an outside investigator arguably perjured himself during a deposition. And also that, that brought up so many questions about her ability to manage uh, the office and manage major cases like that. But it didn't affect her re-election. She was re-elected in 2020. Mm -hmm. But it was really Janae Edmondson's tragic uh, car accident that was the catalyst behind, I think, her downfall. Um, There was a lot of questions about why Daniel Riley was able to get out, even though he was on house arrest. Uh, Gardner had said that that's the judge's issue, not hers. But I think that after that happened, a lot more things about the mismanagement of her office came to light. And I just think it was just too overwhelming to overcome. Mm -hmm. And just as a reminder, the Janae Edmondson case was the visiting volleyball player who lost her legs when she was hit um, by by Daniel Riley. Riley. Yes, yes who was out on bond and had violated that those terms of bond over 50 times. Yeah, and that was yeah, that was the catalyst behind Bailey uh, starting the removal process, but if you read the actual uh effort to remove her, it's much deeper than that. And mm-hmm. I think that um especially once you started seeing the staff resignations after the quo rento was filed, it was a, it was a death spiral, mm-hmm. and it was just more attorneys, one after the other. And why did they say they were leaving? I, I think it depends on the person, but I think it primarily involved the fact that they were given caseloads which were just not reasonable. 
Um, I remember covering a story in the late 2000s about public defenders who wanted a cap on the amount of cases that they could get because they were they literally could not do as many cases without potentially violating their ethics as attorneys. And a lot of the circuit assistant circuit attorneys were running into the same problem. You, you even had a situation where Gardner and another attorney were, were possibly going to be held in contempt because that attorney who has now resigned from the office – uh, didn't show up, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 I because the staffing situation was so dire, and it didn't seem that Gardner was doing a lot of things to fix it. Um, I, I think that it just gave the green light for a lot of these people to leave. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that we do mention, as we're talking about breaking news, that yesterday an assistant attorney in the circuit attorney's office. Um, died in a, a car accident on Interstate, Interstate 270, um, and that was just yesterday evening. So regardless of the turmoil that's happening in the office, this is a, a difficult time. Very much so, and our, our thoughts are with uh, that young man's family. Mm-hmm. Now, to return to what you were saying about the assistant circuit attorney who left office, there was a hearing that was set for May 30th. Do you know whether that hearing will still go forward. At this point, we don't know. But the fact that she has said that she is not leaving till June 1st, I have to imagine that it will because mm-hmm. she'll still be in office. So I, I don't know if perhaps there could be some sort of arrangement to move that to where after she's out of office. But I don't know if the issues around that simply go away because she's out of office. Mm-hmm. Like the judge in that case, Judge Michael Noble, was scathing and uh, it, it it's kind of analogous to like if you are caught and I'm not trying to argue that Gardner you know committed a crime here but like if you're caught stealing a cookie and you get reprimanded for it um it and then you like well I'm just going to never steal cookies again and I'm going to leave the house okay but that doesn't mean that the thing didn't happen. Right. Um, and I'm sorry if that's a really forced analogy, but I think that that kind of gets to the point that, like, the contempt hearings uh, in this case don't simply go away because she's resign- mm-hmm. or resigning. Now, you mentioned the nursing school story yeah. in our earlier conversation today. Um, tell us more about that. And was that the proverbial sort of final nail in the coffin? You know, uh, Sarah Kellogg asked that to uh, Senator Rizzo, and he said no. He said that the, the, the it was all about wanting to make sure that other legislation was scuttled. But as I said before, the fact that she was taking classes at St. Louis University, it, it's a, it, it seems like an optics problem. And depending on how involved she was in this program, um, the optics get worse depending on that unknown fact. But what I think was pretty critical was if she was heavily enrolled in this program, then it could prove Bailey's case that she was willfully neglecting her duties, which a lot of people thought was going to be a difficult thing to prove. But if you're out, you know, taking a, a pretty intensive higher education course instead of managing your office and all these bad things are happening, uh, I think that's actually pretty compelling uh, evidence. So uh, it seems frivolous in the grand scheme of things. And if she was just taking one or two night classes, honestly, it is probably a tempest in a teapot. 
but we just don't know the facts of that. And if mm-hmm. it is more extensive, then it's pretty significant. So, Jason, did this just become a case where staying in office was an insurmountable feat? I mean, not necessarily. Like, she could... Okay, so before she decided to resign, um, she had made a speech that was filmed by KSDK where she was like, I'm not leaving. And, and she was very defiant about fighting until the end. And I, I think that she could have hypothetically just tried to fight this out until maybe the Missouri Supreme Court decided on Bailey's quo rento proceedings. But after a certain amount of time, you have to wonder, is this really worth it? Do I want to do other things in my life and career beyond being circuit attorney? Mm-hmm. Do I really want to spend like a, a large amount of my time fighting all the time? Like, look, look, I've said a lot of harsh things about Kim Gardner in this conversation. My personal interactions with her over the years have generally been really positive. Mm-hmm. She seems like a pretty conscientious and kind person. And a lot of people would say the same thing. That's why I think she was able to be so appealing politically and, you know, have a lot of a lot of allies at first. But there just comes a point in time when you know, especially when a lot of the people in her office are saying the exact opposite and that she is not kind and courteous, but she's actually creating a toxic work environment. Eventually, like the 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 reality kind of transcends over the image. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened here. So, Jason, with the vacancy left with Gardner's resignation, it's up to Governor Mike Parson to name a replacement. And in a statement, he said, we are committed to finding a candidate who represents the community, values, public safety, and can restore faith in the city's criminal justice system. In about 20 seconds, might we see a moment of bipartisanship here between the Republican governor and the city of St. Louis? He might have to. If he appoints a super conservative Republican, that person will be gone by 2025. It may be in his best interest to listen to people like St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones and pick a Democrat or a retired judge who will stay as a placeholder. Jason Rosenbaum is STLPR's politics correspondent. Jason, thanks so much for that update. Thank you. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about migratory birds in St. Louis and how people can watch and support them. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Alex Hoyer. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorch. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.